Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Wi-Fi Tribe podcast. Today, we have a great conversation with P.N. Newman and Quinn Spicker. Um, the three of us all write in our spare time, and we talked about this, um, what it's like to write on top of our day jobs, and uh, the different types of writing, whether it's fiction, screenplay, nonfiction, uh, books, articles for other sites, um, that you're not necessarily paid for or anything along those lines. And then we also talked about what it's like in your day job when you have to write all day and then write your own creative works, your own things afterwards. Um, and explored a little bit with Quinn who went to school for writing but ended up as a programmer uh, doing coding. So uh, pretty interesting, great to talk to these people, just awesome, awesome people that uh, love spending a month with in Mexico, and hope you enjoy as much as I did. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so I'm here with Quinn Spicker yep. and Pia Newman, aka. P. S. Newman? Yes. Yes. Very good. <laughs> our author name. Um, we're here in Mexico City on our last day of the chapter here. Kind of bittersweet. Yep. A bit melancholy. But also happy. Um, there's a couple wines around. <laughs> which I'm not drinking, but... What? But you could. No. It's no thing November. No drinking this <laughs> month. Uh, but... Yeah, the, the thing that unites the three of us here is we all write, uh, not necessarily for our jobs, but we, we all write uh, fiction, nonfiction, some of us screenplays, and I thought it'd be really cool if we talk about how, how to do those kinds of things that you really love, uh, and not necessarily the things you get paid for, and potentially maybe turn them into things you get paid for, but... I think it's like a long, hard road most of the time, right? I would agree. Yeah, yes. unless you get really lucky <laughs> or you know somebody or whatever. But yeah. Um, So yeah, I want to hear from you guys. I know we talked about this a little bit before, but not in any depth. So I think now would be a great time to kind of explore uh, some time management techniques or some, you know, just things you do while on a chapter or while at home when, you're, when you have to do your day job or, or, you know, you're working on some project, but you still have to do your own project and like where you find the energy and the time and yeah what do you what's some advice or some some story about that yeah for sure um well i'll talk a bit about what i've gone through um i'm a web developer by day and i try to write screenplays when i have time no one pays me to do that but i would love to be paid for that one day i went to film school um fell into web development so it's kind of always a struggle to um, actually find time to do writing because you know people are going to be mad at me if I don't do my web development but no one's going to care if I don't do my writing so it's up to me to do that um, so I've tried the thing where you wake up uh, before you don't take your phone off airplane mode because you don't want to see anything of the work you're going to do and you start with two or three hours of writing but um, one thing that I faced when I did that was that I would get super anxious of what was waiting for me when I turned off my phone um, then I've tried the other thing where you try to stop your work around 2 p.m. or something and then switch to writing. 
that's good in theory, but if your day gets away from you, then it's your writing time that's going to be cut out, not your work time. So it's, it's hard. Right now I find weekends are really good. I can go pretty hard on a weekend, but I don't really know. How do you do it? So, um, two different ways. I Before I um, became remote, I used to work uh, corporate for a big company in Germany. I'm German. <laughs> um, and at that time, I write novels mostly and short stories. Um, and at that time, I actually did what Quinn was just explaining. Um, I would get up at 5 a.m. and write for an hour or an hour and a half and then get ready for work and go to work. Because if I left it until after work, I would never get to it. I would be tired and just crash on the couch or meet up with friends or, yeah, that would cut out my personal writing time. Um, and then, basically, I decided to make writing um, my paid, um, how do you say, job, job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, because I heard about this thing called copywriting, which I had not heard of before, <laughs> this was about four years ago, five years ago, and so for about six months I set up my um, business with copywriting, next to my day job and after six months I was able to go full-time freelance and so I was earning money writing and of course it wasn't writing novels because that is incredibly difficult to make a living off um, off of but um, in those six months I couldn't work on my novels or any personal writing um, I was just hustling but after that I found that starting early like waking up at five and writing wasn't for some reason wasn't possible anymore so I had to kind of switch around um, and now what I do is I I'm German right so my calendar is super structured and um, I will at the beginning of the week I'll structure my whole week through with the client work that I have to do and I will put in early afternoon an hour or two of my own personal projects my own writing um, so it's not the early, early morning anymore, but it's also not the very late night. Um, and because it's in my calendar and I work that way, <laughs> um, I usually actually get to write every day or work on a personal project, whatever that may be. Yeah. That's cool. I actually just started doing that yeah. with the calendar. And I'm yes. not as strict with it, but putting it as like tasks in a day. And you tend to stick to it a bit more. And I also tried like making the tasks lower, like write one chapter or something, instead of being like, oh, I got to do 5,000 words today or whatever. Yes. And then you do it and, yeah, it's like you don't get as much done, but in the long run you do because you just do it more incrementally. Yes, exactly. I mean, even 300 words a day, you know, is something, is more than zero. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it adds up a lot, too, over time. Exactly. Faster than you realize. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, have you lost any drive or passion for writing? Is, is web development taking over your life and is content writing for other people dampening your spirit when it comes to writing for yourself? It did for a long time. <laughs> um, because I was writing 
um, five days a week, right, for clients. And then by the time it came around to my project, and the way I do it now, this took a long time for me to get to this point to like um, figure out what works for me. And in the beginning, I would always leave my own writing to the very uh, end of the day um, because, of course, I was trying to earn money and working for clients was more important. Um, and so I would, um, yeah, by the end of those days, I was always like worded out, written out, mm-hmm. if you want to say that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any energy for my own project. So it was definitely a learning curve there on how to do that. And now, because I outsource a lot of the writing now, I've been doing it for three years and I'm more of a content manager now than a copywriter. Um, I only write maybe two or three articles a week nowadays. And so I have a lot more energy to mm-hmm. focus on my own stuff, yeah, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, uh, web development does not take my writing um, desire away because it's so different. I don't feel at the end of you know eight hours of writing code that I don't want to write screenplays. It seems like way more fun. <laughs> so <laughs> it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's there's still the passion there for sure. How'd you get into writing code? Didn't you go to film school? Yeah, um, I needed a job, so I went on Craigslist, um, and um, I was looking for like helping people move houses or whatever. But nobody but found the coding. <laughs> people said like, Probably "Oh, paid I want better. a website." Well, in the beginning, it was horrible. I got fifty dollars for a job that took me a hundred hours <gasps> building a dentist website. He paid fifty dollars on Craigslist. That was my Seriously? first job, though. But I was worth 50 cents an hour at the beginning. <laughs> that's not even legal. I know. No. <laughs> it's, it's like a contract, I guess. It's like a dollar an hour. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's 50 cents an hour. That was a quote from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it was actually okay. 50 cents an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> he, was, he was working in like a farm with these chickens. It looked like the worst job ever. And they had to like drink eggs. And at the end, he got like, he got like a bunch of coins, and he was like, "It's like a dollar an hour." <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Uh, yeah, no, it was not good in the beginning, but it's really turned into like a full career accidentally. Yeah. So how'd you learn that though? Like, how'd you learn to just like googling? Like, in, you just googled out a code. Yeah. And <laughs> Well, in the beginning, I was just installing, like, templates on sites, and then they would say, like, yeah, I like it, but can we change the font? And I'd be like, well, yeah, I guess. Let me figure out how to do that. And then 25 hours later, I would change the font. And now it's been, like, eight years, so I actually know what I'm doing now. So you have zero formal training. Yeah. Yeah. I worked with um, other coders for the first time a year and a half ago. Were they, like, what? They were shocked at the code I wrote. They're like, Quinn, this is genius, but you wrote a hundred lines of code and you can do this in one line of code. There's just a function that does this. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I have an idea for a screenplay for you. Okay. There's this guy who looks on Craigslist for moving houses <laughs> and he ends up becoming a coder. Yeah. And working awesome. for a company where he's like leading the charge. It's going to be a blockbuster. Yeah. I know it. It's too real. <laughs> <laughs> that's like too personal that's that is something else yep wow yeah that's pretty cool it's probably better than moving houses it allowed me to 
Oh, that's the remote. That's the worst. Yeah. I used to do that. Yeah. It was, oh, it was bad. Yeah. It sounds terrible. Yeah. So, but it's good that you, I mean, have a talent for it, right? Also, because yep. me coding, yeah. I did some coding in 11th grade in high school, yep. and I was horrible at it. <laughs> I always understood when the teacher explained it to me, but I, I could never figure it out myself. Right, yeah. So, yeah. that's like awesome. stats class. Yeah. My stats class in grad school, like 94%, but just because I knew exactly what I was being taught, and I could like put that right back in. Right, but yeah. like, give me a stats equation now, I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. No chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Pia, so you, you went into copywriting kind of a, a similar way, like you just, you're like, oh, copywriting seems like a cool thing, and you just decided to do it. So I was so fed up with my day job at one point. What, I had a what great... was it? What, what what's your what's your background in um, like education and what um, were you working before? Education was economics, uh, technical economics and innovation management. And I actually got a job at Porsche, which you know it's a great company. I had amazing colleagues, but just the work I could not see myself doing this for the next forty to thirty five years of my life. And um, uh, I had a bad day at work one day and I got home and I was so fed up. Shiza! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I missed. <laughs> and I had this thought like, I, I'd been trying until then, of course, to make money or to publish books and it was always, you know, you need an agent to get a publisher and four years ago the self-publishing game wasn't quite as, as good as it is now. And so I'd always wondered, how can I actually make money writing? And at this, this day, I went on my computer and I freaking Googled it. How do I make money writing? <laughs> Enter. <laughs> and this copywriting thing came up. And so I started researching that for about a week. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to try it as a, a side hustle. And I took an online course that was super helpful. And yeah, I had was super lucky getting my first client. It was kind of, he fell into my lap, basically. <laughs> um, and was super happy with my work and recommended me out to everybody else that he knew. And it just kind of got rolling from there. And I've actually, knock on wood, never... This isn't real wood, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is real wood. No, no, no I'm joking. No. <laughs> Are you it kidding is. me? No, I'm joking, okay. it is. Okay. <laughs> That's then not... I'm, that, then I'm knocking on my head, just in case. Um... I, uh, <clears throat> I got me all flustered. Where was I? Um, you recommended you out to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you knocked on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood, I've never actually had to pitch, like go go pitching or do client acquisition in any way, oh, shape, no. or form. Yeah. Definitely knock on wood for that. That's the worst. Yes, absolutely. And I would not be very good at it either, yeah. so I can knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is also the sign to me that this is the path I'm supposed to be going down right now. It's really cool. Yeah. Also, that's very rare, I think. I know. I know. I'm so, like, every day I'm <laughs> grateful for this fact because I know how rare it is. People always, like, get saucer eyes when I tell them, and it's, yeah. I know, and I'm <laughs> grateful. <laughs> so I know each of you are working on a pretty decent-sized project, so why don't you... Why don't you tell everyone out there to look out for, in case somebody has some sort of connection or somebody that that might be interested in taking the screenplay. Yeah, sure. And we can talk about your book in a sec, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, actually, we're on similar time frames of how long we've been working on this, but I've been working on this screenplay for three years. 
I'm like, maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I've said this before, but I'm three months away from finishing it. And, um, yeah. I know um, that so well. It's yeah, like it's a like. techno thriller type mm-hmm. thing. Um, I'm Canadian, so it should be shootable on a Canadian level budget. You don't need millions and millions, but just one million would do. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it humble. So, yeah. So uh, that's that's what I've been working on. I'm really excited to be done it soon and on to an, a new project. It'll be really cool. Yeah. Really, super Canadian. Really sold it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, like, what's it called? It's, it's, I think it's called Ash. I'm not really sure yet because okay. I'm really bad at titles. But yeah. uh, the one of the main characters is named Ashley and also it's kind of apocalyptic. So okay. I think Ash is kind of like... Cool. Can you give us a, a yes. three sentence, a three sentence synopsis? Yeah, I haven't really pitched it before, so this is probably gonna suck, but I'll go for it. <laughs> um, so basically, it's uh, this this girl invents a super intelligent AI while the world's at war. So the U.S. and China are at each other's necks, and they all want her technology. And it's kind of like a fugitive story, okay. but with tech elements. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's a nice segue. Into P.S. Newman's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It's got some dystopian in there, too. Um, it's called Nightmare City. It's an urban fantasy. It's going to be out, self-publishing, but it's going to be published finally on November 26th. And I know exactly what Quinn is talking about with the <laughs> self-imposed deadlines. And yeah. they keep, <laughs> you keep pushing them back and back and back and back again. Um... The premise is um, that the dreams and the nightmares that we have at night can actually come true. So if you have a kid that um, dreams there's a monster under his bed that wants to eat him, and he wakes up during the dream, there will be a monster under his bed who wants to eat him. So it can be very dangerous. Um, And then there's an organization that sort of polices these uh, manifested dreams and part of those that organization, there are some people who hunt down the monster dreams. And my th- main character is one of these monster hunters. And I'm not giving away too much here. She has a secret. <laughs> her, her big secret, the big twist is that she is one of these manifested dreams herself. Um, so yeah, it's called Nightmare City, November 26 on Amazon <laughs> as ebook and uh, as a print version too. It will be out. And I've, yeah, I, I've um, pitched this several times. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> Went pretty smoothly, I think. A level of difference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's good, though, but one's finished and one's not. Exactly, so that, yes. That also exactly. is part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, it's really cool, I think, to be able to work on these things while still having your day job and yes. you know it's too much pressure to just do that and then hope and be like you know I'm gonna make it and only focus on it yeah like you get it done quicker or whatever but you can't live a, a life like we're here in Mexico City we're having fun and in the meantime like it takes longer it might take you three years to yep. maybe four <laughs> to finish your screenplay <laughs> but in the meantime you know we're out jumping in trampolines we're eating tacos <laughs> You know, breaking ankles. Yeah. Breaking ankles. <laughs> We're uh, having a few too many drinks, and the whole building is hearing you throw up. 
<laughs> Not any of us, by the way. Uh, someone else we know. <laughs> and when I heard him, I knew, I knew it was him, even though I <laughs> didn't Aww. know. I just was like, I guarantee you that's him. <laughs> I could hear it from my room. Oh was my that God. bad? Oh, it was so loud. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was. <laughs> And you think that was a wild night? That was just a Tuesday. We're all, <laughs> we're all hanging out in an apartment. Singing Disney singing songs. Disney. <laughs> and poor Quinn. Okay. Quinn is the nicest guy. Quinn, Quinn here Quinn has the perfect. reputation for being perfect. <laughs> wow. There's actually a thing here that goes on. The scale of one to Quinn, how perfect <laughs> is he? And so poor Quinn, I held up a water bottle like Simba after singing The Circle of Life. And, and Quinn goes, what are you doing? And German Alex goes, that's Simba, you idiot. <laughs> that was hilarious. Poor Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, that doesn't sound crazy. And it's not supposed to be crazy because it was a Tuesday night. But yeah. it led to somebody drinking way too much and having a terrible, terrible <laughs> night <laughs> that we could all hear. You know, typical travel Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all love them. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're the most fun time to just chill out and yeah. just be together. It's yeah. just about community and being together, right? Like it's it's not about going crazy. But. Yeah, it's kind of the one night we explicitly make sure our schedules are free. Yeah. Most of us. Yeah. A couple of people still always have dates or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> but most people are there. Yeah. And it's cool. You get to yeah really know each other, and then that's why at this point. You know, this, the end of chapter, the last day, it's so, so bittersweet. Like, yeah. I feel like four weeks together just isn't enough. I feel like six is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two months is good, but it depends where you are. Yeah. Like, after two months of Medellin, the sound of traffic was getting to me so much. Oh, like, okay, just yeah. living up on the, the hill, so the, all the motorcycles would have to downshift as they're oh, going up, God. and then, then they'd accelerate down the hill, and it was just... It, all the windows closed just didn't do anything I just it was it started to drive me yeah. up the wall so um, yeah this is I feel like I don't want to leave Mexico now yeah. no I'm not ready yet either I was like ready a week ago and now I'm like I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> like went backwards well the first three people have left already and that is always I know oh, it's a precursor for and I'm fully packed I've been too lazy to oh. move my laptop from my <laughs> you're fully packed yeah yeah. Like, you never unpacked the whole month? No, I, I packed <laughs> today. <laughs> just kidding. But I'm not going to unpack. I'm just going to wear this clothes till tomorrow. <laughs> Haven't you been wearing those clothes since you That's true. broke your ankle? <laughs> <laughs> the shorts, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn's worn these pairs of shorts since he broke his ankle. Actually, real quick here. Why don't you detail what happened with your ankle? Yeah, who, who was, whose fault was it? <laughs> I'm going to blame, actually, the Mexican... Um, oh, you're such a nice guy. It was their <laughs> fault. It was 100%. Perfect. It was... Mo- yeah. Actually, I don't want to throw your names out, because I still like... I still want to go there. We got yeah. free... We have free passes at this trampoline park because of Quinn Broga's angle. I'm not going to say... Which I was supposed to be at right now, but I had nobody to go with, because I was afraid to go now, because Quinn broke yes. his ankle yes. in the foam pit. Yeah. <laughs> Who breaks so, their ankle in a foam pit? Oh, my God. So I was doing a gladiator fight with Jordan um, on a beam over a foam pit. And I, of course, lost because he's twice the size of me. <laughs> I charged at him with all my might and bounced off of him into the foam pit, but didn't land in foam because this trampoline park decided to put a 
rope ladder in the foam pit. So I landed on the rope ladder and torqued my ankle and fractured it and sprained it. And yeah. <laughs> and then he became our photographer and we got some nice videos for the rest of the day. Because <laughs> Quinn is perfect. He breaks his ankle and he becomes our photographer. <laughs> And he's never complained a second. It's no. incredible. And also, we didn't sign any waiver forms, so he could have sued them. Yeah, he could have totally but sued them. That's also partially because he's Canadian. Yep. And I don't like conflict or lawsuits, yeah. so I'm just we don't, we don't sue very Deal much. with it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Plus, they were nice. They gave us free tickets. I know. I wish we could have used this. Yeah, it's true. Didn't they make you sign the waivers after the fact? No, they had like oh. the security guard came by and he. Like, I had to sign something that stated I had gotten medical help really quick. Oh, okay. But, no, yeah. Different thing, then. That was, like, the mall. <laughs> yeah, it's in a mall, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this place. I want to go back to that. They have the really Zorba fun. balls. They have the Zorba balls. Yeah. They, have a big, they have a big inflatable, uh, like, what is that thing? It's, it's like yeah. a, an airbag. It's like a giant airbag you can jump yeah. in, which is so yeah. cool. Oh, and is it where one sits on one end and the other one jumps no, on No, you just jump off the jump in and land oh, in it. Okay. And it's like a foam pit, except you get out easier and you <laughs> yeah. don't break your ankle. <laughs> and fair warning, my buddy John in Calgary also broke his ankle in a foam pit in the you know, Trevor Park in Calgary. <laughs> with you, right? Going with, with you? With me, yeah. yeah. But he just jumped in and he hit, there was like a, a wire underneath to hold the like foam pit together and he hit that dead on and he broke his ankle. So you've been to trampoline parks nine times? Oh, I can't even count. I've been to them in Calgary, I've been to them in Medellin, I've been to them in uh, in Mexico City I've been to two different ones. In Medellin I was at two or three different ones. In Calgary I've been to two different ones. Uh, I went to one other one somewhere else I can't think of right now. And twice a fellow Canadian has yeah. broken something? And once was not my <laughs> fault and once was uh, slightly, <laughs> partially my fault. <laughs> Maybe you're the common denominator. <laughs> Guys, this is supposed to be talking about writing, not blaming me <laughs> for hurting people. <laughs> uh, it would uh, make a good story. Yeah. I might include this in my uh, 25 life stories. Yeah. Uh, so I actually want to write a book eventually with just like, so I've always thought if if you took anyone who does anything in life and like condensed it down to you know like 150 pages yeah. or like a movie that's like an hour long or less like that would be really interesting because like a lot of cool things happen over the course of like 30 years yes. if you're out like doing stuff. So I what what I want to do is yeah in a few more years after I keep traveling and doing stuff especially after this next year which I'm going to be visiting a lot of places. Um, especially with this, the 20 in 2020 project that I'm doing, which you can see in the, the description here or uh, based on any of the podcasts from here on out. Um, I want to take just like the best 25 stories, very short, like not going on long, but like make it a really short book of these, the best stories possible in like all the different countries and like yeah. 25 different countries and 25 best stories. So, um, of your your experiences? Yeah, or, not not necessarily, yeah. not necessarily what happened to me, but okay. like things I was a part of or saw. Yes. So, like this could okay. be one. Right. Like, yeah. I was there, I was a part of it, but it's really about Quinn, not me. Right. You know, <laughs> like the only one that would be about me would probably be when I got lost in the Amazon. Like that's my kind of. Think okay. that was the. I mean that. Yeah. And that's like a solo thing, but that's like something yes. <laughs> I think doesn't happen to many people. No. 
And, I would read that definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, maybe maybe my trip through uh, through West Africa, hitchhiking, but hitchhike the whole Sahara. But that was also about that was like more about my my friend this this guy from Virginia that I forced to come with me and how he was not liking it. Like, you know, it's more like focused on that. So I just want to be like. I experienced that I was there, but not me as the focus. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that way it's also about like 25 kind of different characters also. Like, yeah. I could be one of the 25, but it's not just me telling, like, I don't yeah. want to write a, I don't want to write a memoir. I don't like nothing like that. Yeah. But I just think there's so many like stories that have happened that are, if told right, are like yeah. pretty relatable and be pretty cool exactly. to people who yeah. don't know me. I think that's a cool idea, especially because, I mean, even though we're not, you know, Elon Musk's or whoever, um, still our experiences are valid and often maybe even more relatable to yeah. people. Um, yeah, and everyone has 25 interesting things in their whole life, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all of us do, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Especially if you get to travel a lot and yes, do things. and definitely. And, um, and yeah, with this, this 20 and 2020, where I want to go to 20 countries in the year 2020 and um, do these... I, I want to spread a message of environmental progress based on this white paper that I'm writing. So it's kind of still in progress, but that's that's a goal. And I think from that, there's going to be at least a few pretty cool stories. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least in like South Africa or Australia. Quinn, <laughs> <Hey! laughs> <laughs> you going? Uh, nope. I have to work from midnight to 8 a.m. or oh, something. Time Ugh, zones. Terrible. Yeah. See, that's why we write for a living. Yes. Because we can do it on our time. We just have day when I, yeah. start When I used to code freelance, I could do it whenever. But now I have to answer customer support mm. as well. Oh, yeah. Terrible. You yeah. just need to get a few customers in like the Asia, Australia yeah. time zones, and then all yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Or then you're just working 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> But um, what about you and writing? Like, I don't know if you've ever on the podcast talked about this before, but maybe since we're all sharing. <laughs> I talked a little bit on the last episode uh, with yeah. Amanda, more about my background in environmental policy writing, where I came from in like think tanks. And mm -hmm. it's actually, I didn't really talk about the, the, the transition from, you know, when I was like, young, I did a lot of writing, uh, more like creative writing. And then in school, you start doing like, you know, essay papers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I learned by grad school how to do um, like real papers where you have like headings, subheadings, and, and then like for my thesis, it was like a real publishable paper. Yeah. And then from that though, I had to learn how to do policy writing, which is like, you gotta take that more dry scientific writing and turn it into a story, but still have all the facts. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to do that. And now I'm learning again how to do like content writing, yes. which is like the, the worst of all, thing. because it's like you have to follow a formula, right? <laughs> and you do like the H1, H2, and you have the yes. keywords and everything. So yes, it's not, know. yeah, it's not so difficult as it is like soul sucking because, <laughs> but in the end I write like, I write the way I want to, and then I go over it and add keywords in specific areas and I make more strategic headings and stuff. That way it's like I write freely and then it sucks my soul just a little bit. But the end product, yeah. and depending on the, the topic, sometimes the end product is good. There's a yeah. couple articles I wrote for Wi-Fi Tribe that I think are good overall articles. Yeah. And then some are like, you know, the, the five best cafes in Medellin or whatever, which are useful though. Like people really yeah. look for those. So yes. I also think that they're valuable and they're good. They're just 
not as fun to write. There's not as creative, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just research and just kind of plugging um, the information into the outline that you've created, yeah. basically. Yeah. Which is <laughs> which is I'm so grateful to do for a job. That that's amazing. I'm I it's, love yes, that. Yes, I I, agree. I really am happy, and I wake up every day being like I don't ever dread going to work. Yeah. And then kind of what we talked about before is like I then have the when I have the time to work on my own stuff, like that's where the creative writing comes yes. in. That's where it's good and. Mm -hmm. And when I get to write more creative articles, I'm just that's just a bad, like a a plus. Like yeah. Yeah. don't always get to, but sometimes you do. And or the like the white paper I'm writing right now. That's yes. like kind of that's just like a freelance policy paper that I'm gonna pitch to, to places and publish on Medium um, or or see what other outlet will want it because that that's more of like a very focused, very like high level environmental piece. Yeah, and I feel like that like Quinn, his uh, script and me, my book. That for you is your your writing baby right now, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's your yeah. thing that you're working on. Yeah, um, I have. You uh, want to get out into the world. The, yeah, that's one. That's of. the one with the nearest deadline. Then yeah. I have my. I've been writing this novel for like going on two years. Mm -hmm. But same thing. It's like yeah, I'll be done in two months. And yeah, it's <laughs> like oh, I wrote <laughs> two <laughs> chapters this month. Yeah, and and again, I'm not really. I mean, I'll try it. I'll probably just self-publish it and not really promote it hugely. But it's more for like, and we talked about this before mm -hmm. um, in a conversation way back, that it's, it's like practice. You know? yes, it's like exactly. I don't expect the first novel right to be really good, but I need to get through it. I need to structure it right. I need to edit it and create a full-length novel. If I want to do the one after that is the one I think is going to be the, exactly. the good one. Yeah. And I, I can't do that one until I finish this one, even just for like mentally being yes, like, I finished absolutely. a novel. And it's practice and writing too. I think I finished um, at least seven full-length novels before I decided to self-publish the eighth one because I said this one is actually good enough. Yeah. So yeah. Although I, I bet like I bet like your third or fourth is good enough, but you're German, so <laughs> <laughs> very possible. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to read that. But I want to read it in the paperback. I don't want to read it in yeah, the... Yeah, you can get the I don't want to read it in the uh, e-book. <laughs> yeah. I don't have one. Well, um, you could get the, the app on uh, your phone. Yeah, even but I, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. I love right. like no. I love reading books. Yes. I travel with books. Like for this yeah. six weeks. I was here two weeks before the chapter started in Playa. But like I brought down three books. So I, I basically look at how long I'm going to be gone. And I, I, I average out how much I read yeah. and I bring that many books. Yeah. If it's yes. five, six books, which is going to be in the new year, yeah. I'm still bringing them yes. rather than a Kindle yeah. right. or a Kobo because just the feel and the, the progress, I love when I like, yeah. see how much I've read. Like, just a little percentage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like it's not that I hate e-readers. I actually, for a while, when I first started traveling, I used e-readers just for the space saving. And, and yes, exactly. They're good. They, they don't hurt my eyes. There's nothing wrong with them. I just prefer the pages. The feel, yes. right, of the book and the smell, yeah. and it just, I agree. You ever, you ever just, like, hug your book sometimes? Yeah. No, do you ever smell the <laughs> book? Like yes. Like, open it if it's and new, smell the pages? Oh, my goodness. Oh. If it's new? <laughs> and that, that feeling on the spine when you pull yes. up, and it's just like... It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> yes. I agree. <laughs> But for traveling, I usually do use it by Kindle. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the biggest it's, it's, travel downsides for me, yeah. not but, having physical yeah. books. Yes. The, yeah. the thing is, though, with when coming on chapters, though, it's really good because I have to bring a, uh, like, what do you call it? The non-carry-on? 
Check luggage. Check, check luggage. luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Writer's block. I have to bring check luggage check because luggage. I got to bring the Google routers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So I don't have a lot of stuff ever. So I have a lot of space in the check oh, luggage. Nice. So I put my books in there. Yeah. Whereas like if I, when I was doing more like backpacking trips and stuff and I just had my, my bag, it's tougher. Yeah. So if I, Definitely. I mean, I only really went on one decently long. It wasn't that long. It was like six weeks where I was just traveling just to travel. And had my backpack so like that was tougher to yeah. fit books in mm-hmm. but like with this yeah I mean it's it's actually yeah. I have so much nice. room yeah. it's not a, that's oh, awesome that's yeah. really, but books are heavy yes but <laughs> yeah I, I mean more uh, when you try to get on a plane and your bag because you have 20 books in there oh, yeah. it weighs 300 pounds <laughs> yeah. that's the thing I only bring I mean probably in this next trip I'm going to need like five or six books. It's not, it's not a, yeah. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not a lot, a lot. You know? No, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but also being in like South Africa, uh, Australia, you can buy books there. Yes. They're all oh, in English. Yes. Yeah. I usually um, start my travels with only my e-reader and by the time I get home, I usually have at least two, you know, yeah. print books in my luggage somewhere and I think the, um, since I started digital nomading, I think the, most I ever came home with was six. Wow. Which, yeah. <laughs> I usually have the opposite. I usually finish a book, and I'm like, I don't want to carry it anymore, and I leave it. But then I get mad at myself because I want to... I can't do that. But I, I don't have a home, so I don't... Like, when I have a home and I have yeah. my library, I'm never going to... Actually... The only I, room I know yes. what it's going to look like in my house, <laughs> apartment, whatever, wherever yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. I only want I only yeah. want a, a like home. I want like, a permanent place to live mm-hmm. only for the library for books, yeah. and for a steam room. <gasps> And other than that, I don't need to be there like ever. No, definitely. (laughs) But then, like that, yeah, that's it. And but I I think then I will start traveling with an e-reader because I won't want to ever leave books behind. I'll only bring books that I know I will not leave behind because I want to have that library. And I lost so many books over the last like five years. And some I left behind on purpose, and some I've lent to people that have taken them. This one German girl took my favorite book. I let her read it when we were in Belize, and she yeah. just took it back to Germany. What's yeah. her name? If I know her, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> I'm not a snitch. <laughs> but if you... But off the air, if you want to get that book. All right. Yeah. It's actually an amazing you, story of Colin Angus. He's from Vancouver. Oh, he, that guy, yeah. Yeah, and he rafted down the... No, actually, because you told me about it. Not because I know him personally. <laughs> Vancouver's a big city. <laughs> no, they, they wrapped on the Yenisei River, started in Mongolia, and went up through Whoa. Siberia, Whoa. out into the Arctic Ocean. And along the way, he got like, separated from his buddies. He had to like, live off the land for 12 days. He like stayed in a hut with like nomads in yeah. Mongolia. At least there was one. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like it was pretty crazy. The, the, the family that he stayed in the hut with, they tried to make him like have a baby with their daughter. <laughs> he was like, uh. didn't want to... <laughs> And then he like got, they got to Russia, and then they ended up like hanging out with the mob, and just like, uh, it just seemed like a an amazing. And then by the end, they're trying to get to the, finish the the river, and they were getting invited into saunas by all these like local people on the river so much they had to start saying no to people because they weren't going to make it before the river froze. Wow! So these people would be like seeing these random three dudes like rafting down this river they'd be like come for a sauna and they'd be like no we can't and they'd be like yeah they'd be like what What? (laughs) why would you not come inside it's minus 30 degrees out there yeah 
So wow. they, that book, I highly recommend it. It's called Lost in Mongolia. Right. Yes, it's on my Goodreads because yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, for sure. Cool. All right. Um, I guess that's it for today. We got to get going for our final dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's been a month. They go so fast, these chapters, and every, I feel like every single one goes faster. Like, every consecutive one goes faster. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sad, but I'm also loving that we get to do this again. And oh, yeah. Quinn gets to meet my roommate in South Africa. Yeah, I have two working oh. legs when I see you next. It's yeah. going to be sweet. Hopefully. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. We're going to go surfing, but knowing Quinn, Oof. the shark's going to... Yeah. Oh, but also... The other leg off. <laughs> a little bit of a backstory really quickly before we go. Quinn also almost drove off a cliff in Bolivia. Oh, I definitely God. drove off a cliff. Well, he I himself think. almost... He drove the ATV off the cliff. The ATV went over the cliff Ugh. down... How far? <laughs> I don't know. 100 feet, 100 feet was, at yeah. least, I would have said. So yeah. Quinn would have died, but he jumped off. So he smashed the ATV, almost died. Then he comes I here and breaks not. his ankle. He's going to go surfing. A great white shark is definitely... <laughs> But, just, but you're not going to die. It's just going to like take a no, chunk out of your board. Realize whenever you look at stats and it's like, yeah, one in a hundred people die. It doesn't apply to me. It's just like, if there's a chance of death, it's just going to happen. But wait, how often has this happened? You're a cat of nine lives. How many do you have left? Seven by my count. Yeah. Okay. I can, All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Go for it. Play yeah. with the sharks. Okay. Yeah. Just stay, like, surf over there. For me. <laughs> Okay. Actually, yeah. actually, surf near you. <laughs> no, surf like a good distance away. So, the sh- you like you bring the sharks so right. they're not at me. Yeah, and then I can enjoy. That's perfect. You okay. can enjoy what Surfing. exactly? Seeing oh, oh, not <laughs> seeing, seeing Quinn being eaten by sharks. Although, although <laughs> from a safe distance, you no know? <laughs> joke. From a safe distance to see a great white come out of the water and bite your board in half and you're safe would yeah. be one of the coolest things that, that would be so cool. I, yeah no it'd That's be incredible true. like if i could like, if you're i don't want you to die obviously but, but like to see a great white shark and like see that whole thing would be a memory for life honestly i think if someone could pull it off and jump at the exactly the right <laughs> moment it would be quinn <laughs> quinn's riding away he jumps over yeah. a great white <laughs> shark. <laughs> all right all right we'll leave it at that uh i'll update you guys on on quinn's life somewhere down the road to make sure he was okay <laughs> and uh, also yeah look out for Pia's book if you're interested yes. um, Quinn's screenplay if it gets it's gonna picked be a up while. Yeah. <laughs> that's down the road if yeah. he's alive hopefully yeah. that gets out too and yeah stay tuned for more in the 20 in 2020 as I get that more up to speed as we get closer to the new year but I'm really looking forward to that and all the adventures we have coming up so well Well, I guess we'll talk to everybody later, but you'll hear from us later. All right. Bye.